For if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. The phrase, you will die in your sin, you'll die in your sins, is repeated in this gospel three times. You will die in your sins. But the reference is not because of, of this truth that we will, apart from God, not make it, will die in our sins. It's because we, as human beings, no matter what we do, we're not able to attain heaven because heaven is beyond us. Heaven is a gift of God. Heaven is the reality that God has prepared for us, but it is only through him that we are able to attain. I have done several funerals lately, and you know, and for us as Christians, funerals do not have to be, and they are not sad moments. They're not moments which evoke in us deeper, profound sadness, even though we miss those who have passed away. And the reason we are not men and women who are filled with great sadness and sorrow is because we believe in the one who has given us life. We believe in the one who gives us forgiveness of sins. We believe in the one who is able to raise us up. But because we have faith, because we have faith. We know that we would die in our sins. We would die in our own limitations and brokenness if it wasn't for the one who has forgiven us. And so he's the one who rescues us. And here in the gospel today, Jesus is giving witness to his divinity. Jesus is giving witness to being the merciful Lord and Savior, the one who forgives sins. It is today in, this, in the reading of the gospel is Jesus who gives witness to his divinity by the use of the word I am. I am comes from, as we know, from the very self-revelation of God uh, to the people of the covenant, to the Hebrews, to the Jewish people. Moses asked, who are you? So I may tell the people, the, the people who are slaves in Egypt, who are you? And God says to him, I am who am. I am the one who always is and exists. And so today, Jesus is giving witness to the Pharisees who do not accept him. And yet the Lord has to speak the truth. He has to speak the truth and utter the truth in a way that they may possibly grasp, but they have difficulties in embracing. If I am going away and you'll not see me, you'll be looking for me, because right now you reject me, but there'll be a moment when you will not longer find me. And why will, where are you going? You're gonna kill yourself? There's a human way of thinking. No, he's entering the portals of heaven. He's uniting his whole very being with the Father because the Father and he and Jesus are one. And so those who do not accept him will not be able to be with him. Those who do not accept him will not be able to share the divine life with him because he is the Son of God. So the Jesus says here, 
the way you think, as you think, the way people on this earth think, those who, die, who reject outright, you know, the divinity. I was, I was reading a, an article of a, by a scientist who wants to compare, you know, the, the believers and the believers in the miracles to believers in, 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 in extraordinary gifts that God gives us to some of the scientists who kind of project into the future with all kinds of multi-level of understanding of reality. And so in some ways he sort of dismisses both. He dismisses that, yes, yes, there's some similarity between the believers and those who are some scientists who come up with these multi-level interpretations of realities. But, but he obviously, he is rational, he's, he understands this, so there's a possibility for such things, but obviously this is not true. And yet, you know, here it is. Yes, there is a different dimension of reality that we are living in, and that's the dimension of supernatural reality. It's the presence of God, presence of love, presence of mercy and forgiveness, presence of future glory. And it's tied down and tied up with Jesus, with Jesus the one. And this is why, unless you believe that I am, unless you believe that I am the Son of God, unless you believe that I am your Savior, you'll die in your sins, unless you accept me. And I think for us today, you know, living in the world where we live, yes, there's, there's people who peddle a lot of doubts or who ridicule the very revelation itself, ridicule this truth of who, who, we, who, who the Lord has revealed us, he revealed himself to us. But the Lord says, yes, those who do not accept him, they are condemning themselves because they do not allow themselves to participate in divine life, divine truth. And so they will be tied down to this world and that's all they will receive. But when the time will come, and, and this is what the Lord says to the Pharisees, he says that uh, then when the time, time come, you'll recognize who I am when I'm raised up, when I'm lifted up from the earth, raised up when, when, you, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you realize that I am only after suffering, death and crucifixion and resurrection will, will the people realize that he was the Son of God. But this reference here, when you lift up the Son of Man, because we know that he was condemned to death by, by the leaders of, of the people, that he pr pretended to be something that he was not, that he pretended to be equal to the Father, to God, and that they consider that to be blasphemy, but only, but only after, you know, after the, the 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 death and resurrection, they will come to know, as we know, the centurion who was the one who was leading the Roman army, and, and brought him to crucifixion. He was the one looking at Jesus, looking at the one whom they have crucified, looking at the one who has suffered so much, and yet seeing his death, and offering his his very life to the Father. Father, uh, you know, I have, I, have, I have come to this very moment. I surrender my life to you. When the centurion saw this whole event of being crucified and, and Jesus forgiving his, his assailants, 
No one would do that. No one who caused so much pain would be able to forgive the very people who are hurting and, and destroying him. And is the centurion who looks up Jesus on the cross and says, this is truly the Son of God. This is the one. He's the one. This is something that's not possible for us. And so when we're looking at the cross of Jesus on the cross, we realize that he is the God of love and mercy because he's the one who undertook the suffering and death for us. And this is why we are getting ourselves prepared for this coming week, which will be the Holy Week, starting with Passion Sunday. And every day we witness the powerful, the extraordinary love that the Lord has for us. He is the one who is raising us from, from our situation, from our condition, because we're not able to do so. And, and so this is why we have today, you know, I mentioned the funeral. Why are we not afraid of death? It's because of him. Why we're not afraid of our future? Because of him. Why do we accept and embrace the, the divine sonship? Because, because he is the one who has rescued us and he does not wish to con condemn us. And from the very beginning, as we hear in, in the Gospel of John, he was the Word who was always with God, and he's God. He's the one. May we then today, as we reflect on the significance and meaning of Jesus for us, who is he for us? Who is he? Is he the Redeemer, the one who is to come? Is he the one who has brought us back with his suffering and death? He's brought us back so that we may be united with God. Is he the truly the Son of God, who, can, who is the I Am, the great I Am, that he is equal to the Father, that he shares in the divinity with the Father? He's the one. He's the second person of the Holy Trinity, united with God. Is he the one who is truly a God for us? You know, I have to say that as we reflect on the question of who is he for me, I have to say, you know, there was a incident in my life when I was going, I was studying theology, and um, I took Christology courses and several other courses right at the beginning. I really enjoyed studying about Jesus, about the reflections on who the Lord Jesus is. And I was, we were driving to an ordination, or one of our brothers at the time was seminarian, and we were driving to the ordination, and I, 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 with us were, came two of the sisters, oblate sisters of the Most Holy Eucharist who are here in Stockbridge, who are doing uh, most of their life is spending time before the Eucharist, doing adoration. And then she asked me, a sister who was at that time superior, and she asked me, so what are you studying? And, and are you enjoying your studies? And, and so I began to speak to her about my knowledge of, of Jesus, you know, through the Christological controversies and who he is and, you know, how he is related to the Father and everything else, the, the whole Trinitarian truth. And I began to talk, and in my excited way, I was describing Jesus, you know, who he is. And, 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 and then she began to, the sister began to speak about Jesus, but in a different way. I spoke about him, you know, which I have learned was a sort of intellectual knowledge of Jesus, 
but she began to speak of him as someone who was so close to her, such an intimate person. She spoke of him as a spouse, as someone that she relies on every moment of her life, that she shares her heart, she shares her everything about uh, her life with him. And you know, and as, as, as she began to talk more and more who this Jesus was for her, I began to realize that I knew much about him, but did I really know him, the way she spoke about him? And it really hit me so profoundly because, you know, from that moment on, I said, Lord, I can talk about you, who you are, but can I speak about you in that incredible, intimate, personal way? Well, you are my, my, my Lord, you are my Savior, you are my one who's, who has rescued me, you're the one who supports me in my existence because I cannot exist on my own. You are the one who, you, you share your life with me because I cannot do so on my own. You're the one who loves me. You're the one who's thinking of my future. You're the one who's always assisting me in every possible way. You're the one who walks a journey with me and I can rely on that. And you know, it's just this, this was the type of, of relationship that the Lord is inviting us. Not that he is our savior because the words may not mean as much to me. Uh, he is my, my redeemer, he is my beloved. He's the one who justifies me. He's the one who rescues me. He's my merciful savior. Uh, we can speak of that, but we have to appreciate the one that he is, not only in words that we describe, but what does it mean to me in that personal, deep, profound way, just like that sister who gave me such incredible witness. Yes, this oblate, oblate sister of the Most Holy Eucharist. She gave me this beautiful, beautiful gift of understanding that she knows this Jesus in the Eucharistic presence. She knows this Jesus as she adores him hours upon hours each day. She knows him because he is her to her such intimate gift, such intimate personal presence, such incredibly personal um, spouse, spousal and uh, uh, personal gift that God has given to her. And she appreciates that. May all of us today, you know, know that this is our future. He is the presence. He's the glory. He is the one that takes us. He is the means by which we become united with the Father, that we come to know the divinizing power of God because he came here for only one purpose, is to reveal the Father and the Father's love. He came here for one purpose, is to take us, not only to reveal it, reveal the Father and who he is, but also who we are and who he wishes us to be and how we are to be men and women who know and understand our call, our, our, our very life, as a life destined for glory, not so we can be so preoccupied with the world, the world around us that we, give, we forget and we don't have time to even reflect or think because, because there's so many things which are around us which bind us to this earth. So maybe then today through this Eucharistic celebration, we come to know him because he wishes to come to us spiritually or sacramentally. Obviously, sacramentally is, is a true presence that unites himself with us, but even spiritually that we be united with him. May we come to know him, love him, that when we look up 
upon him from the from, uh, being being on the cross that we may find freedom and salvation and healing just as the hebrews in the desert when they looked at that that uh, serpent on the pole this when we look upon him when you when you when you lift up the son of man realize that i am and that i do nothing of my own but only what the father taught me and he has given me the gift that I am to share and this gift of divinity, the gift of eternal salvation, the gift of eternal joy. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.